Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. I, I need a nap for sure. Well, welcome. This is going to be an interesting night. Um, thank you guys for joining us. For those guys who are online, thank you for joining us. If you want to share this feed or anybody here, you want to share it too. We have uh, come to find out we had a small thing of tissues up here earlier. And I guess somebody put Angie or, okay, they got tissues over there. So if they cry tonight, it's okay. It's because they're passionate. So what we're going to do is simply share. Um, as, as what God has done, this trip is specifically how God Almighty has used a bunch of 16 of us. And in fact, I think there's 40 um, Americans that actually went overall. Um, so we're going to share. We're going to testify about God's goodness. But let me pray, and then we're just going to get started. All right. So, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to share, to testify about what you've done. So, Lord, as we share, I do pray that you will bring back to our minds and our hearts um, what happened and how you used us. Whether it's through a picture or a memory, um, may we be able to share. And for those who watch in person or online, I do pray that each person will perceive in their heart if they are supposed to um, go, give, and continue to pray. So see what you're going to do, Lord, and give yourself glory. I pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... So, Andrew Jones is going to take it away. This is a special mic. Yeah, okay. Hello, I'm Andrew. Um, so, I've been to Honduras seven or eight times at this point. Uh, first went with uh, Catalyst back in 2019 um, and just fell in love with it. Um, I changed the job so I could keep doing it, and I just it means so much to me. Um, and the work that we get to do is just so much fun. And... Um, it's, it's something that like you don't realize you're missing until you get to it. Um, so um, we'll just go ahead and can you show my first picture? Thanks. Um, so this is uh, one of my favorite things that we do because honestly this is what we're there to do. Um, so for people who aren't familiar with um, Honduras, um, they actually have um, a version of universal healthcare but the problem is that it's kind of inaccessible. So we go there to do community clinics in areas that don't have access. Um, the people that you're seeing, oh, I just realized I didn't have this close enough, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, the lady that you see on the left here, um, that is uh, physical therapist Jennifer Jenkins. Um, she actually goes to Westwood here in town, um, and she is uh, fitting this lady for a walker. Um, as you can see that she's wrapped her knee there. Um, I really like this picture because it shows um, something that I know this woman wouldn't have had access to. Um, this is a picture of God using one of his people to reach out and be kind to somebody who's in need. Um, I don't remember this lady in particular. We had over 1,400 patients this time, um, so I don't remember her name specifically, um, but you know, I have a bunch more pictures like this and a lot more experiences like this. Um, so it was all, uh, it was a really good week. Um, in the clinic for us. Uh, can you uh, put my next picture up? Uh, so this picture was taken in our team house. Um, so the lady that you see them praying over, her name's Anna. She's one of our team members from California. Um, the reason they're praying over her is that she's gonna be leaving early and actually going on another mission trip. And um, this for me highlights um, one of the things that I kind of selfishly, well, I don't know if it's selfish to enjoy it, but some, one of the things that I really enjoy while I'm down there. So while you're down there, um, we all live in the same area in a team house um, called Central Las Milpas. And um, there's just kind of this breakdown of social barriers um, and a 
an opportunity to live within the concept of Christian love that we sort of see described in like the book of Acts. Um, there's a lot more open emotionality with each other. There's a lot more love and expression with each other um, than what we experience back here in the States. So seeing these ladies um, stand around Anna and pray over her as she's about to go forward um, was just kind of a powerful moment for me um, and kind of typifies what I enjoy so much about being on the team. Uh, next, please. Uh, this this didn't go through right. Uh, <laughs> it's blurrier than it was supposed to be, sorry. Uh, so this is the clinic team. Um, so the team, this is a lot bigger team than what I'm used to having. So this is me over here. Um, this is uh, Dr. Joe Jenkins and Jennifer Jenkins' wife. Um, and then we've got our Honduran friends as well and um, my other nurses. Um, and this was a really cool team to work with because we had, one, we had so many people, which is unusual. Usually it's like me and like one other person. Um, but um, everybody worked really hard. Everybody got through so many like procedures and patients. Um, and we got to have a lot of really good experience um, getting to know each other and um, getting to work together for the betterment of the people in that area as well as to spread the gospel. Uh, last one. Uh, so this is a picture of Maddie uh, playing with a little boy from the village. Um, and this is another thing that like I miss so much whenever I'm back here in the States. Uh, so Honduran culture is a little bit more community-minded than American culture is. So um, if there's a kid in your general vicinity and they want to play with you, that's not weird. Like, they <laughs> um, <laughs> so getting to uh, connect with people that are down there and get to share the love of Jesus with them, um, in a way, is a lot easier than it is here because there's not all the social barriers of, why are you talking to my child? The, the parents are there. They're totally cool with us playing with their kids and love that we're playing with their kids. Um, and just the, the look of joy on his face, it's probably hard to see. Um, up there on the screen, but the look of joy on his face as uh, Maddie's having fun with them is just some, it's just a memory that I cherish from this last group, this last trip. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed this trip. I always enjoy it. Um, and I hope that more people will join us in the future. I'm gonna pass it off to Angie. So I'm Angie Strunk, and um, I do not like talking in front of people. So this is a big challenge for me. Um, <coughs> but in that, I want to um, share with you that if you're questioning, you know, if you have the ability to go and do a mission trip like this because you two are an introvert or you don't like, you know, meeting new people and interacting with them. Um, I am a testament that God can still use you um, because his spirit is um, with us wherever we go. Um, and so um, if you can pull up my first picture, um, we actually worked in the sunglasses station and clothing station. Um, and that's where I was supposed to be, but I tend to roam. So <laughs> I, um, if the Holy Spirit you know, calls me somewhere, then I try to obey. And in hospitality, that's the last station that they go to um, to receive their Bible and rice and beans and so that the gospel can be shared with them one last time. Um, I would help walk people over and our team would help walk people over. And I had an opportunity to walk um, this family over and <clears throat> it was a mom of this little boy and a grandma and um, 
I could just feel the Holy Spirit drawing me towards them. And so I had a translator with me named Kim, and I looked at their cards because we have a card, and it says, do they go to church? And their card says, no, they don't go to church. And so um, I felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me to say, have you been hurt by the church? And I could see um, the grandma, her face, just immediately, the Holy Spirit um, dealing with her. And she said, yes. And so I was able to share a little bit of my testimony um, and the hurt that I went through in the church. And I think that's why it's so important for us to know our story, to know our testimony, because in those moments where I don't have the words and I don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit brings up those things that um, he can use to help other people. And so um, if you'll show my next picture, please. Um, so yeah, this is the little boy's mom, and um, I don't have a picture of the grandma, but they were all together, and um, Kim, after I shared with them, she was able to continue sharing the gospel with them, and the little boy was so sleepy, so I grabbed him up so that he wouldn't be distracting, and she was able to lead them to the Lord, and I was able to rock that sweet little baby to sleep, so um, it was just an awesome moment for me, so um, yeah, if you want to show my next picture. So we um, went to visit a family in the mountains that Catalyst actually helped build this house that we're in right here. And um, the Coffee Cafe, I believe, helped fund the, the building this house for this family. Their house was destroyed by a hurricane. And so um, when we're there, we like to see them and see their house. And so Dave, you know how he can be, was like frantically like, we're leaving now. and. Um, <laughs> We had just left from church, so we all had our church clothes on. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going up the mountain, it's hot. So I threw on my Operation Christmas Child shirt, of all things, and we happened upon a God appointment that could be nothing else but his timing. Um, There was kids coming down the little dirt path in the mountain with shoeboxes, Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes. And... So those of you that, you know, have packed boxes and love, you know, Operation Christmas Child, you know, like, what are the chances you're going to happen upon a distribution of shoeboxes? So um, we see the little children, and there's a couple of them that have their boxes, and we ask them if we can see inside, and they're so excited to show us, and they, you know, are pulling out their items, and you can just see the joy on their faces, and it's it was just such a beautiful moment. And then the little boy in this picture is in, he lives in, I mean, his family lives in the house that Catalyst helped build. So he got a box, and he was excited to share um, all the things in there. And then my last picture is just um, the girl that we saw running down the mountain. And it was just such a beautiful moment where God gave us a gift of seeing these kids with their boxes because um, it's not something you expect. Um, and in the midst of everything else he blessed us with the gift of being able to pray over this church which I say church very lightly because it was a roof with no walls I mean just like poles and roof if you saw the pictures Um, and it had just you know became a church in that area and so we were able to pray with um, the pastor and his wife and pray over the boxes and it was a beautiful gift that God gave it to us to be able to do that so um, if you feel the call like I did for so long, and you're like, um, I can't do that. I don't have the ability. Just know the Holy Spirit can 
still use you. You can still go and you can still share the gospel. This is my second trip and this is when I was in high school. One thing I loved about my church was that it was a mission-minded church and I always dreamt about going on the mission field. And that like most people, life happened. My self-esteem back then was nil to none. And I never had the courage to go. And after everything happened in 2019, the Lord started changing me. And then in 2021, when the opportunity to go to Honduras came came forth. It's like I knew God was calling me that finally it was coming back full circle. And that my first year I was so scared. I didn't know how to talk to people and I was just but my second trip was so different. And next this is the little boy. I helped Angie and Rachel in sunglasses. And this little boy, he was just so precious to me. You can tell how much the little things mean to the kids of Honduras. And he, he had his thumbs up, and he was just smiling ear to ear in this picture. And it just shows you how much this little, that meant to this little boy. Next. This mom, this little girl, this was the very last day that we were there. We were packing up everything. And we had stuck back a couple dresses for the girls. And I picked up this dress and I brought it to this lady and I said, I get it, I said, you can have this. And I walked back to my seat and I saw her undress her little girl and put the dress back on the little girl. And I just thought that was just a, such a special moment. That, that was a God moment to me. Next. These two little boys, their mom surprised me so much. She came up and asked me for my picture. And I'm going, really? You want my picture with your two boys? I don't even know these two boys. So that's why that picture is up. And I just, it just shows you how cute the kids are. They just, they just steal your heart. And if you have a desire to go, you need to go because God will use you in little ways. All right, let me go through the, my pictures real quick. First one, Ethan. All right, so I have a unique opportunity. We do, we do a church service, we preach the gospel, and then I have the opportunity to kind of roam a little bit, to talk to people and have some fun, as you can tell, have some fun. Um, because as you know, the, the likelihood of, of them not to be afraid, that there's a bunch of Americans um, that's going to poke them, prod them, and so on and so forth with medical, how great is it, is it to love them, the high five, goofing off or whatever. So that's what I love to do, church services but then go um, to just mess around with the people. And I'm telling you what, I mean, if this happened in the United States, people would roll their eyes and run the other direction. 
But that like, you see, I don't know if you can see this little kid is fascinated that Superman showed up. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It, it literally the stigma of of the Americans can just go away with just the opportunity to mess around and have fun with people. All right, next one, Ethan. All right, so these were the local pastors that we um, had the opportunity. Saul right here is one of our new supporters. We were able to, and actually I should have got a picture of this, um, because of the missions fund and through your guys' giving, we were able to survive, cha provide chairs for Saul and his entire church and children. So it was a great opportunity um, to do so. But And then the other guys, this guy um, is just He's, he's I th we think, as um, years are going on, I th we think he's um, losing his mind, literally. Not like a psycho, but, but he still loves Jesus. He loves Jesus very much. And all the people that well, we have a chance to minister to, um, just absolute amazing. Honduras people are great. All right, next one real quick. All right, so we were able to have a tent for some of our meetings. Some of them were inside. This time, I think three or four, four days were inside, and the rest were, was outside. And the bracelets that, that we, we pass out, um, we were able to use them as props to be able to share the gospel. And Larry had an opportunity to preach like two or three services, I think, as well. All right, next one. All right, one of my biggest blessings of the trip um, was to do it with my wife and my daughter. Um, to be able to see them fall in love with the country that I love. This is Madison's second time, my third time, I think. This was Madison, or Rachel's first time. And hopefully next year, um, Ethan gets to go. Right, Ethan? Should Ethan go to Honduras? Okay, there you go. Your decision's made by everybody. All right, is that it, Ethan? Was that my last picture? Okay, all right, Eric. All right. You can't see it, but I totally have my shirt on. I'm just <laughs> the stereotypical rebel. rebel youth pastor black sheep type deal going on. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is, was my third time going as well. absolutely love going to Honduras to serve. Um, I actually don't have a picture on this, um, but real quick, um, I actually got the opportunity um, in the area that we went the teenagers were not in school, so they were able to come with their families, um, and we've not seen that before, at least those of us that have gone from Catalyst. Um, so I was actually had the privilege to take the teenagers out of the adult service and go outside and have a separate teenage service for almost every church service throughout the week. Um, there was a few of them that, that weren't able to do it, but um, it was a really, really awesome opportunity privilege I got to uh, speak to, and I just shared my testimony um, with the gospel on the tail end, um, very simply put, and I got to speak to probably over 100 teenagers throughout the week, um, and 28 of them um, professed faith in Christ, and we always say, you know, we don't, we don't know if that number is right, but even if one of those was genuine, it was, it was really awesome, so that was just something different about this trip for me um, that was really, really cool to be used by God in, but now on to my actual pictures. Um, this is uh, the eyeglasses uh, team. So in eyeglasses, we've got a inventory of like 3,000 plus eyeglasses. We do readers. Jody also works in there um, to do readers. And uh, we also do prescription glasses. So we have this machine that we actually read the retinas, match it up with um, 
prescriptions and our, off, our inventory that might possibly work. Um, and so throughout the clinic, um, the gospel gets preached um, throughout the whole clinic, not just in church service. We actually see sometimes even more salvations throughout the clinic um, through one-on-one -on -one interactions rather than from the church service. And in eyeglasses, we really don't see um, any salvations. Um, and we always remind each other that's not what it's about. It's not about our team getting the most salvations or being able to, to do that in our own station. But um, just because uh, we don't see that, that type of, uh, or the salvations or anything like that going on in eyeglasses doesn't mean that God's not working. There's so many times, so many patients that come through that there's just no possible way that we should have something for them. You know, our, our kind of computer system knows the inventory, but as far as the eyeglasses in the inventory, they're random, totally random. And we could spend a half an hour with one patient and not have nothing, and all of a sudden, boom, there's something that works. And there's just so many times um, that there's just no possible way that should happen without God working in eyeglasses. So next picture. Um, so I got a couple pictures uh, with these two young gentlemen. This one was with them, their little brother, and their mother. Um, really, really awesome to meet them. So these are two boys that um, I was able to speak to within the teenage church service. Um, they both came to know Christ that day. Um, and directly after the church service, like, they came and found me afterwards asking if they could get a picture with me. And so, you know, we took some pictures together and got the translator, talked a little bit more um, about the discipleship book that I, um, uh, we give them when they, when they uh, profess faith in Christ. And uh, it was just really, really awesome getting to connect with them. Um, as a matter of fact, even after that, then he came back up to me. And what's cool about that is I wasn't going after him for interactions. He was interacting with me. He was getting his phone out to use his Google Translate to come translate to me. Um, and the second one was, it said that his cousins were supposed to be there um, that day, but then couldn't make it for some reason. And his cousins are also learning English. And he wanted to know if I would shoot like a quick video on his phone saying hi and just greeting them in English for his cousins because they were learning English. Um, so I was really, really cool. Um, to be able to do that, and then, like, on his Google Translate, he even said, like, yeah, well, you shoot this video, and I, like, sorry for the inconvenience, and I'm like, no, nah, man, it's cool, like, we'll totally shoot this video, absolutely, um, and so further than that, I got to see them throughout the whole clinic from there, got to meet up with them right as they were getting ready to go, again, God's timing, uh, was getting ready to go into hospitality, and uh, so I was kind of Joe might tell you a little bit about this, but I came in and kind of commandeered the family for the hospitality. I was like, yeah, I got this. I'm going to pray with them. And, and it's, <laughs> I kind of took over the hospitality spot for, for this family. Um, but it was really, really cool that God allowed me to be able to also meet back up with them at the end, meet their mom, be able to pray over them. Um, and I actually got in contact with them. I have them both friends on Facebook now, so I've been kind of trying to message with them with Google Translate the best I can. Uh, so it's really been cool to be able to also just connect with them after the fact. It is a huge blessing. Uh, next picture. Uh, this one um, was actually not at clinic. Uh, this was actually a, a personal, kind of a personal moment between me and God. And um, 
a lot of people know I love the outdoors. I love backpacking. I just love God's creation and nature. Um, I love being in it. And any bus ride we had, you look out the left side of the bus. This is what you see. Look out the right side of the bus. This is what you see. I mean, the whole country is just this beautiful mountain range, huge mountains. Um, and so I had one day where we had like a three-hour bus ride, and I probably had an hour out of that that I just stared at the, out at the window at the mountains and just got to stop and, and just be still and know that God is God, just to be able to stand in his presence, to look at these mountains and just see his awe and his um, power um, and is just his majesty within the beauty of these mountains. Um, so I chose this uh, picture to um, share that with you guys, because as you know, as you see, there's like this one, it almost looks out of place, and at first um, I thought it was out of place, so I kind of started thinking about it. Now it says alto, but from the shape of the sign, you guys can probably guess it means stop. It is a stop sign. Um, and so going back and looking at the picture, thinking that, oh, this sign ruined my picture, um, it, to me it kind of made it better because in that moment with, with that idea, I needed to stop and look at God's beauty, look at God's majesty, what he is doing, and give him glory for it. Um, and I'm going to just say next picture before I start preaching a message on that. Um, and uh, this la last picture I, I threw in there, um, our tea time picture as we call it. And this is really just so I can give uh, a new plug to our teen time ministries here at Catalyst Church. <laughs> We're going to have tea meetings on Tuesdays. No, I'm just kidding. We're not really going to do that. Don't show up here at 5 o'clock on Tuesday ready for tea. Um, but down there, we get this um, awesome lemongrass tea um, from, from Manuel, who grows it. Um, so we're all drinking lemongrass tea. It's very, very good. Um, so we just took a little tea time picture. That's all that was, just to have fun. So that's all I got. Thanks. Well, my name is Jim Broadhead. Oh, no closer? Okay. It's my first trip to Honduras, and like many of you, Oh, closer, okay. Uh, I was down there, you know, I heard the stories, I heard the testimonials, and uh, I saw the pictures, and, uh, but until, you, I said I wasn't going to cry, but <laughs> uh, until you actually go down there and see, see God work through everybody and everything come together, it's just amazing to see everything come together and work. First picture. This goes along with Angie here. We were out and saw this in the past two Christmases. I've sat out here and watched the videos of putting together the boxes and see them distributed and actually see them distributed and seeing God at work. It was just so powerful. And uh, it just really touched me. Next picture. Uh, this lady here was 92 years old, came in for a hearing aid. This is her daughter, and this is uh, Jim, our head of security. But she was having trouble hearing in her ear. We were able to fit her with a <coughs> hearing aid and uh, were able to help her out. Unfortunately, we ran out of hearing aids about midway through the week, but 
the eyeglass team was very kind to let me join them and help out. So thank you very much. Next picture. This is our nightly devotions. Um, you know, you get busy, and I know for me, I don't get a chance to devote myself to God or pray as much. You get distracted. But down there, to be able to do this every night, to be able to devote yourself to God, to think about it every day. Um, it took me a week, but God touched my heart. And uh, God uh, showed me why I was supposed to be in Honduras, and it was to uh, deepen my faith. And uh, I was just uh, something I very much enjoy. Next picture. <laughs> uh, yeah, down there, it's uh, some long days. You work. And I was taking advantage of uh, some downtime to get a little rest. But uh, believe me, it's 100% worth going. And if you're thinking about it on the fence, definitely do it. Thank you. Hello. Um, this was my fifth trip to Honduras. I've caught the bug also. Um, try to go a couple times a year, so I plan on going back in June as well, but I'm going to be taking Wyatt with me, so I'm excited about that. Um, as everybody has said, you just, you don't understand, I guess, even though we show you these pictures and you see videos, but until you get there, it's just a completely different experience. So, first picture, Ethan. Um, so this is one of the people that Eric would be referring to in eyeglasses. Um, this guy was... One of the last people we saw this day, um, probably the worst eyes that we had ever seen. Um, and it was kind of in the back of our minds that we're not going to have anything for this guy, but let's let's put him through the the operation and just, you know, make him, not operation, like operation, put him through the, <laughs> the, um, the you know, the inspect, all, you know, looking at his eyes and just to make him feel like we tried. But we found a pair of glasses and he could see and you could just the joy the I mean it was like he was seeing for the first time and it was just an amazing everybody that saw it just felt it I know Dave I stole this picture because you wanted to talk about this one too but um but it was just an amazing God moment that and there's like Eric said so many of these we have in eyeglasses we have this whole tote called the God box and so many times situations like this where like uh, Bob will say just grab that pair in the blue box and we'll put them on the person and that's the one person that these glasses have been in that box for years waiting for and they work for them so it's not anything that we possibly could have done it's totally a God thing but I want to add to that oh. so this guy because I talked to our doctor person Eric was there the guy could literally from here to Betty um, could recognize that there was a person but could not see um, so this close and definitely could not see further until the pair of glasses. So like when I, I think either I or somebody was taking that picture, I mean, we're from here to Tim that far and he's like, give us a thumbs up. So it's just like, that's what these eyeglasses actually do. Big job. All right, um, this is Rahim. Um, so before we started going to 
um, staying in Pinalejo, where we stay in the team house now, and going out into the villages, um, it, before it became Dream Big Honduras, it was a lot of work was done with Faith Home, which is a children's home in Honduras. So the team would stay there at Faith Home, and they got to know the kids. And I've never been to Faith Home, but this is one of the kids. I wanted to show this because Raheem is now, I think, 25. And he was one of the little bitty kids um, that Bob and Angie, who work in eyeglasses with us, they sponsored him. So they've seen him grow up from, I don't know, he was probably like two until now. And now, just full circle, another God thing, um, he volunteers with us now when we go to Honduras. So he's a translator, or he works, I think he worked in sunglasses and clothing this time, and then he came and helped in eyeglasses as well. But it's just, um, when we go there, we don't just go do a little work and go home and go, you know, go back to, we try to plant seeds and plant people to continue the work after we're gone. So Rahim is one of those people that even though we go back and go home, he gets to stay in the country and continue the work that we've started. And same with the pastors that we work with, they go back and they start churches or they, you know, they develop people and disciple people. So it's just a full circle thing with Rahim. Okay, this one's going to make me cry. <laughs> um, this woman, I don't remember her name. Um, and I actually saw her after this, so I saw her in eyeglasses. And everybody has a card that gives their name, where they're from, their age, birth date, um, whether they go to church or not, just all their information. Well, when, it came, when she came to me for reading glasses, I mean, obviously she's of advanced age, and I thought, oh, she might need a, um, you know, prescription glasses, not just reading glasses. So I went to look at her age, and it was blank. I thought, oh, they just forgot to write her age in there. So I asked her in my best Spanish how old she was or what her birthday was. And her answer back to me, I'm, I was pretty sure she said she didn't know. And I thought, well, maybe I just didn't understand that right. So I grabbed a translator. And sure enough, she, she didn't know. She didn't know when she was born. She didn't know how old she was. She's probably between 80 and 90 years old. And that seems like a very insignificant thing, like not a big deal. But just the night before, or maybe two nights before, we had a huge party at our team house for five people on the team who had birthdays. We made a big deal. We made a video for them. We had cake, a huge cake. We sang. The <laughs> I wish you needed that video. The, um, the Catholic priest came out. He's 85 years old, playing his... Um, accordion and singing. I mean, it was, it went on for half an hour, 45 minutes. We made a huge deal for these people's birthdays. And I thought about that after I got done with this woman and fitted her for glasses. And I think Rachel walked up to me right afterwards and I was just, I couldn't talk and I was crying. And so she, you know, I had to tell her like, she doesn't know when she was born. Like, I can't, to us, that's a big deal. Like, we celebrate people every year for their birthday, and we make a big deal about it. And this woman has never had that. She has no idea. But then it also made me think, but God knows. You know, God knows. God knows when she was born. God knows every detail of her life from the moment she was put on this earth. And it was just, I don't know, just something that God showed me, I guess, that we are significant, even if we feel insignificant. Yeah, make me cry before I go up here. Um, obviously, my name's Joe. Uh, this is the second time that I've been down to Honduras. 
And the, the first time that I went down there, I just didn't want to share in front of the crowd. Uh, each night we have sharing right after devotionals. And I didn't want to share at all uh, because I don't like talking in front of people. As you can tell right now, I'm very nervous. Um, but this time that I went, because after I didn't share the first time, I felt so convicted that I didn't share that I went into this trip knowing you were going to share at least once during this trip. And so I stepped out of my comfort zone and did that. Um, but uh, I worked in a hospitality and... Hospitality is, I mean, I'm kind of a little biased because I work in hospitality, but it was probably the most, one of the most important stations because it's the last stop. It's the last chance that they're going to hear the gospel before they leave. So um, this is Ray. I know he goes to church here in Evansville. I'm not sure exactly where. Uh, but uh, the chance to give, we... We provide rice and beans and a Bible and a comb, toothbrushes, vitamins for the little the little kids, uh, as long as we have them, because uh, we do run out. Uh, we also provide vitamins for the ladies in the family. Um, so we take care of their physical need with the rice and beans and the combs and everything else, but we also provide their spiritual needs, because if they're if they're saved, we pray with them. We ask them if there's anything that we pray for. If they're not saved, then that gives us another chance to share the gospel with them. Um, man, that's blurry. Oh, well, anyway, this is Luis. Um, Luis came through the clinical the first day that we were in this town. And I think it was before he left that first day. He's like, hey, can I come back tomorrow and help out? We're like, sure, come on. He ended up helping us the rest of the week while we were down there in clinicals. Um, part of my spiritual gifting, I took the, here's the plug for the spiritual gift survey. I took the spiritual gift survey, and my biggest spiritual gifts are help and encouragement. So I felt called to encourage him because he's, in the process of learning a little bit of English. So I felt called to share with him and say, hey, you need to work on your English. So next year when we come down here, you can be one of our translators. Yeah. Um, when we go through the clinical, we it's a good thing that well, there's more than one of us in the station because sometimes you get these stories that just wreck your heart. And sometimes you got to just step away and be like, hey, that one just, that one messed with me. I've got to come over here and pray and cry for a little bit. So, and um, this little boy walked up right after one of those moments for me. A family came in, and after talking to them, uh, found out that they gave their life to Christ that day. And a week before they came through clinical, her son found out that he has cancer. So I had to take a moment because I was a ball bag there. <laughs> and then this family came through. And 
as you can tell, Grandma's standing back here behind her. She's already got the uh, hospitality bag. And while my translator was going through the bag with her, I pulled this little boy aside and through another translator was sharing the gospel with him. And at the end of it, he said the sinner's prayer and accepted Christ. So it was really cool. I asked him if I could get a picture with him before he left. So that's it. Hi, my name's John. Um, just want to thank that God work on me. Sometimes we can witness to people and we uh, just go through the motions, sharing the load. But if they have a need and something that we can meet, uh, what better testimony is it that we meet someone's needs than they realize these people do care for us and uh, they would listen to what's being said. And so this is pretty much what this trip is. We're using the medical part of it to spread the gospel, showing these people that we do love them. And so uh, I got to be with the dentist this week. And Monday, I was down to a box that I will show you. Well, I, I think my wife is kind of rubbing off on me because I like to know what I'm doing. And so I can't, you know, uh, be proficient at it. Well, unfortunately, Buck was doing anything else. I'm standing there thinking, what am I going to be doing? And so, but anyway, finally, uh, Monday, they had to, uh, uh, Monday we was going to go to the city, but they had a riot. Well, a police officer killed somebody, and they shut down the highway. And so, we thinking, what are we going to do? So at the town we were staying in, uh, God uh, brought 300 people together. At the last minute, it was God's doing. But that day, Buck took, uh, took me through the instruments to tell me what each one it is. And I'm sitting there looking at this and thinking, you know, I have work codes in front of people and without a sweat, nothing never did worry about. Now I'm looking at all these instruments, don't have any idea what they are useful. Buck is going through this and I'm beginning to panic. But anyway, uh, but anyway, this picture up here, the city, that, uh, the second city we went to, uh, this is a street in between the church and the clinic where we set up at. There was more construction going on. The neat thing about it, the uh, construction people, they worked with us. And so uh, these are small little stores where people uh, shop at. And they got all the stuff kind of on, uh, hanging off of the, uh, any space they could put it. One thing I have learned, if you go shopping with Dave, uh, uh, and uh, the people, only speak Spanish. Dave doesn't speak Spanish. <laughs> and Dave doesn't believe in paying the full price. <laughs> and also, Dave don't, also doesn't look at rules either because uh, I have to go get t-shirts. And so 
the one of the things we was not allowed to wear anything with uh, weapons on it or anything like that. And David holds up this shirt. Hey, John, this is great. And I bought it. Didn't realize that it had infantry on it. And uh, gun cross, uh, two uh, guns on the uh, sleeve. So my name tag went over the guns, taped it up, because, again, being with my wife, she's a rule follower, and she's rubbing off on me, so I had to follow the rules. Then I apologized to Buck. But anyway, uh, go to the next one, please. Okay, this is a clinic, and uh, this is kind of looking down at it. Uh, the main center of the building is non-air conditioned. Uh, yeah, non-air conditioned. But the side rooms that we was in was air conditioned. Monday, we uh, I was out in the heat, along with the uh, uh, Dennis, and I, I have to give the Dennis credit. It was miserable, but they did the job. They was, was uh, compassionate and was very kind to the patients. But anyway, uh, next picture, please. Okay, this is the uh, uh, Dennis I work with. Uh, one standing next to me is Vicky, Andrea. The other two, I forgot their names. Uh, the, okay. <laughs> um, I think Vicky kind of had pity on me because I think she sensed my insecurity about what I was doing, and so she kind of watched over me. Well, Andrea seemed like every, uh, she always got all the hard patients to uh, pull teeth from. And so uh, she had a guy who needed a teeth pull. And she was uh, working on it, working on the patient. And uh, I'm standing there and watching this. Vicki came over and said, are you okay? And I'm kind of looking at her. And I don't imply I could say, I'm receiving trauma afterwards, not, being, uh, not in the process being done. She kind of laughed at me, but anyway, but anyway, the other pictures on you, she's actually pulling teeth. If you look at her, you see them uh, got chills stacking on top of each other. Well, that's how they adjust the height, uh, the people they're working on. And the people, sometimes uh, uh, they might get someone to hold the patient's head back because holding it back so long. And, you know, fancy drills or all the fancy tools that we are accustomed to the dentist with. This day, uh, these, this week, they went outside their offices and, uh, and uh, uh, treat people, so, or took care of people. The only thing they could do was extractions, but I, I, I was very amazed how kind and gentle they was with the people, and so, uh, anyway, uh, that was my week. Uh, they were so. Hey, howdy. I'm Larry Jr. Um, my dad's going to be after me. Um, but uh, this was my third trip to Honduras. Um, before I get started, I wanted to share a verse, um, and that verse would be Psalm 27.1, um, and it's a verse that's consistently laid on my heart. 
Um, I brought it up down there. I bring it up up here a lot. Um, and that verse is <clears throat> Drew Blank. I love it when I do this. I, I know it. I know it by heart. I know this verse, and I keep drawing a blank every time I try to recite it. <clears throat> the Lord, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Might not be completely right, but pardon me. <clears throat> uh, let's go to my first picture, please, Ethan. So this here was our site. Um, this is where I spent most of my time. I spent most of my time outside. Um, I was an escort, so I just take people from point A to point B um, in the kindest way possible. Um, <clears throat> so you can see our tent here. We just, you know, we set people up in this tent, um, have them wait. Their turn to move on. Um, and this is where we spent most of our week, you know. Um, everything but day one was spent here at this site. Um, this big building here, this is the church. Um, and this is where, you know, they got to hear the word for the first time. Um, go on ahead and float to my second picture here for me, Ethan. Um, and this is, this is our um, team house. Um, it is beautiful. Um, <clears throat> the first time that I went to Honduras, I remember being somewhat disappointed with the team house. Um, it was outside. It's cold at night. It's hot in the day. There are bugs, you know. Um, to the American standard, I mean, it's beautiful, but, you know, it's, it's outside. Um, and then we got to see the house that Catalyst built, and it, it shook me to my core. Um, it's, it's a nice house, but it's, it's not what you would call an American house. Like, it, uh, to us Americans, it's, it's, uh, it's a room, it's a shack. It's, it's a room with two walls, not even head high. Um, it's, it, it shook me because, you know, this is, you know, we have electricity, we have power here, and it's like I'm sitting here complaining while these people have what looks like nothing to the American standard, you know? <sighs> Go on ahead and float to my next picture for me, Ethan. This here is Luis. Um, you already met him through Joe here. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a miracle of God that we got to meet him. Um, because he was just, like we said, he was just a man off the street. He came to the clinic to go through the clinic, and, you know, he asked to help. Um, <clears throat> I ain't got much else. That's going to be it for me. No, uh, no, it's Dad. It's Dad first. So this is my was my second trip to Honduras and um, the first the first time that we had the opportunity to go Buck told us that the first trip is for you the second one is for God and um, it is really true that the first trip is a reviving trip that you go in and you don't know what to expect and all of a sudden God begins to move and he begins to just change your heart and you fall in love with people and it's just amazing to to just see you know the, the way that just God 
touches and blesses through this stuff. And like Andrew said, it changed my life. And it, it made me realize that, you know, the status quo is not enough. And um, I switched jobs last year to have more time to be able to spend uh, with the people of Honduras and be able to spend more time in ministry and just seek after what God wants for me. So, uh, Ethan, if you'll show my first picture. Um, I worked in hospitality with Joe, and, um, you know, it's it's a very important station, and I just love it because it's the last opportunity to share the gospel. But this year, uh, while I was assigned to hospitality, I didn't spend a whole lot of time there. Um, you know, the first couple days I did, and... Um, my heart, my calling is evangelism. Like, I want to share the gospel with as many people as possible. And hospitality is the perfect place to do that. But this year, it was it was a different experience. So I had the opportunity to uh, be in the church more this time. And um, one of the, like the day, actually Tuesday, um, Dave and Rachel didn't make it to the clinic. And we met this gentleman here, Roberto, I mean, I had the opportunity to preach the service that day, and then Roberto, like, while we were talking and, and pre or after the service, Roberto came up to me and started talking to me, and he spoke English. And he lived in Miami, and, and he was like, we have this little evangelic cube that we use to, to help spread the gospel, and, and Roberto was like, that's really cool, I want to see that. And so I showed it to him, and showed him how to use it, and he began to just evangelize to the people in the church. Here's this guy in the clinic that we're here serving, and all of a sudden he takes the, he takes the evangelism tools that we have, and he starts evangelizing. And it's just, it was with a translator who's 15, two people that shouldn't be able to talk to this guy, that around here, I, I wouldn't approach this guy. But two people who are not in his, in his league or in his class were able to go and speak to this guy, and as passionate as I am, Favi was every bit as passionate as me translating for me. And we had the honor and the privilege to lead Manuel to Christ. And, you know, like they said, there, you see people get saved. You see people confess faith in Christ, and you don't know whether or not all of them have given their lives. But I know with Manuel, he broke down. The Holy Spirit moved. And he gave his life to Christ. And it was a privilege and an honor to be able to do that. I think that's my last, my last picture. Listen, if God's calling you to go, go. If God's calling you to pray, pray. If God's calling you to support, support. Doesn't matter what your qualifications are. The only qualification you need is the Holy Spirit. And if you're saved, you have everything that you need to go. Hey, y'all. Um, that's not my name. Um, so, <laughs> this um, was my second trip to Honduras. It would have been my third if I had not gotten COVID last year. Um, but it was a God thing. The first trip that I went on, I, I was 14, right? 14. Um, and so the entire trip, it just kind of felt like I had my head in a cloud. Um, and so this trip, I made it a point to just get my head out of the cloud. Um, so thankfully I was able to do that. Um, I, 
don't have I tried to like not pick out pictures that everybody would like else would have but that failed so I'm just gonna talk for no it's not you it's Sandra too um, <laughs> just kidding um, so I just I'm gonna be like my dad for a little bit and I'm gonna talk um, probably for too long but um, <laughs> um, everybody knows that I make so much fun of my dad and it probably sounds like I hate my dad with the way that I talk about him sometimes so I'm sorry I'm not gonna look at him um, so um, but this trip was super cool because I did get to go with a huge a big chunk of my family I went with my aunt Kathy my grandpa and my parents um, but I've always gone on mission trips with my dad I've been to Myanmar twice and um, I've been to Honduras once and I've just I've done it all with my dad, so getting to see, um, I've seen my dad do the mission, do the missionary stuff a lot, but this trip was fun just because I got to really be able to sit and just watch my dad, and um, he, not me going to cry about my dad, ew, um, <laughs> but it was really cool to get to see how, um, how much joy he gets serving, um, and seeing my mom, um, it was just, it was really, it's, she was in an environment that I've never seen her in before, and so it was just the biggest blessing to be able to get to see them serve. Um, and same with my grandpa and with my Aunt Kathy. I got to know my Aunt Kathy a little bit more. She's like my grandma's twin, um, <laughs> but I got to know her a little bit more, and I got to just see my grandpa serve um, with his heart for the Lord because he has the biggest love for the Lord that I've ever seen. Um, but there's just so many things that I want to say. Um, but, okay, you can go ahead and show the first picture. Um, so this was really cool opportunity. Um, so this girl here, that her name is Carlina, um, and our youth group has been supporting her. Um, I since the last mission trip that Eric went on from the last year. Um, and so it was a really cool opportunity to get to meet her because we had been seeing in youth group, like, here's this girl that we're supporting. Here's her name. Um, and so it was just a really cool opportunity to be able to um, go and pray. And this is the same day that we were able to see the kids with Operation Christmas Child. So, like, it was the same day that my dad was like, everybody, we're leaving in, like, five minutes. Hurry up. Um, and so we all just jumped in um, the truck. And so I was not prepared for anything that was about to happen. And, of course, again, my dad was like, Madison, why don't you pray? And so I was able to pray for her um, with Noah there and with Eric didn't go, but and with Sandra. Um, but he had already met her. Uh, so that's fine. But it was just a really cool opportunity. Oh, and Joe. And Joe's there. Um, it was just a really cool um, chance to be able to meet her. And it was another just really big God thing because we went to her house and she wasn't there. And so we asked around with the neighbors. I think it was honestly, was it you? No, it was you. He, my dad was like walking around just like going up to these people's houses being like, do you know Carlina? <laughs> Carlina? And they, somehow we were able to find her just at this little, um, thank you. Um, we were able to find her here, and it was just like, oh, there she is, just in her normal life, her everyday life. So that was a really cool chance. Kid? Oh. Um, 
so this is um, this is blurry because I screenshotted it from somebody. Um, but this little kid, oh my goodness, he was a ham. Um, he so this station, um, this trip, I didn't really have a job in the beginning. Buck had me working as in the pharmacy area, but God just led it to where I became an escort, and I escorted people from um, triage to the medical station and then from medical to pharmacy, and so I just got a lot of downtime to just really be able to watch, and so there was this really long table um, that we had, and I had like stickers and e-cubes laying on the table, and this one little kid runs up and grabs the cube, and I was just like, oh, is God wanting me to do something right now? I was like, I don't know about this. So this little kid kept asking me um, just about this cube. And this kid ended up telling me the story of the E-cube. And it was just a really cool thing to just be able to see. Um, and the translator um, I had, this was Kim, she just kept going, he knows. Like, he knows what he's talking about. And I was like, well, maybe God's trying to teach me. But... Um, that was a really cool thing to see. Um, I don't know if it was this day or a different day, but it was the same day. I was standing right around this area, and I was staring out. I can still, like, see it now. Um, there was this girl sitting there. I don't know what her name was, um, but, like, I kept making eye contact with her, like, over and over again. And so, like, for me, whenever I know God's telling me to do something, it's like, there's this really heavy pressure on my chest, and it will not go away no matter how hard I try until I listen. And um, so finally, I was just like, I'll give her a sticker. Like, if you want me to go talk to her, I'll give her a sticker. So I went over to her, and I gave her a sticker, and then I walked away. And as I kept walking away, God was like, go back. Go back. You're not done. Um, and so Sandra was in the middle of, like, trying to talk to, trying to, like, find another family to go share this e-cube with them, and I was like, no, 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 I need your translator, so I, I stole her translator, and I took this e-cube, and I walked up to this girl, and it was one of those moments where I was just like, I don't really know what to say, and I'm not really prepared for this, but um, I led her through the E-cube, and um, it started off just me asking her, I said, do you know who Jesus is? And she was like, yeah, I know who Jesus is. And I asked her, are you going to go to heaven? And she goes, no. And I was like, oh, God, that's why you wanted me to come and talk to her. And so I led her through the entire thing, and then the translator I had, her name was Natalia, and she was like, can I pray with her? Like, can I lead her through this prayer? And I was like, absolutely. Um, so the girl accepted Christ, um, but after that had happened, I had struggled with my purpose the entire time um, being there. And after that happened, Sandra looked at me and goes, that was why you're here. That was your purpose. And so it was really cool to just be able to be obedient. Um, and listen to what God was telling me to do. Okay, so again, <laughs> I got the opportunity um, to go with um, my youth leaders. Joe's not in this picture, but um, Sandra, I just took them really quick, and I was like, guys, come get a picture. And so Sandra, she like became like my big sister that I've always wanted on this trip, and I got to know her so much better, and um, 
same with, and like Eric, um, the first trip I went on, um, <laughs> I he wasn't our youth director. Um, so he was just this guy, and as <laughs> And so this trip, it was really cool to be able to go with him um, now as our youth pastor um, after going with him on the trip the first time and him not really knowing what he was doing. But it's really cool to see, like, where God led him this trip. And then my dad. I already talked about him. (laughs) Okay, so this is the little boy again. Um, This was just one of the moments when... All of these people had been waiting there for hours. And these people were actually waiting to get triage, but they had already been waiting for hours. Um, And so I saw this little kid, and I was just like, "Eh, I'm just going to go play with him. Because I think I was having a conversation with Andrew about, like, how much fun these kids have with this, like, slinky thing. And so I was like, I'm just going to go play with this kid. Um, But the kids down here, they really just had so much joy. Um, And so did the parents. Um, It went from me handing out stickers to the kids to handing out stickers to the moms and to the really old men, and they loved it. But these kids just have so much joy. Um, When they've been sitting for hours and hours, um, but seeing his little face light up the way it did was precious. Is that it? Okay. So I came up here really hoping everybody would cry before me. <laughs> Not a single person. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so this is this is my first time going to Honduras. Um, I was assigned clothing with my mom and Rachel and Miss Betty. And I didn't really want to go with clothing. And... My parents, I don't know if they texted him or Dave asked my parents to go with, or if I would go with him and help him with the services. And I, I, I said yes, I was okay with it. And I feel like I didn't help that much, but I feel like God showed me so much on this trip. And um, yeah, let's get the first picture up here. So. My dad already talked about him. I was really mad whenever he did, but um, there's not really much to say. My dad evangelized this man with the cube, and he went around telling everybody about it. And, yeah, it was just a beautiful God moment. And I saw God work in this man and in my father. (laughs) Next picture. So Eric was a very big inspiration to me on this trip the entire time. It was beautiful seeing him. And Dave, again, told me to go out and do the evangelism with Eric, with these kids. And we did. It was amazing. These kids, even though they don't look interested in it at all, (laughs) (laughs) they were. Like, this kid in the black shirt here was, like, raising his hand and answering questions. Like, we pulled up the picture of the cross on the cube, and it was yeah, it was Jesus on the cross, and the kid was like, that's that's Jesus Christ, and it was just an amazing thing, and I'm going to point out the two teenagers here, us as teens, we don't want, like, it's hard for us to come into a service, we're like, oh no, we have to sit through a 60-minute message of Dave, um, and like, we're we're always worried about time, and we, 
it's a struggle for us. Like, we're, okay, I'm going to get on my phone. I'm going to do this, do that. But these kids were interested in hearing the gospel. And, like, it again, it doesn't look like it, but these kids were excited. And, like, their faces were amazing. Yeah, next slide. Um, this was Eric and the, uh, Ray was the translator with my hat on. <laughs> uh, we got a, we were doing the youth group, um, and these, these, this youth, um, especially, this was our biggest service, I think, right? It was, it was the biggest service, and, um, I think it was 10 salvations in this group alone, and it's like, wow. In, in America, that doesn't happen that often, but down there, it happens, like, whenever we're down there, it just, like, it's nothing, and, like, here, we struggle to do that, and, I really wish we saw that more in America. That's it. Well, thank you all for seeing me cry. <laughs> yes. Dave's wife. Okay. I wasn't going to say this. When we... So when it's my first trip. I've never been there. And um, as people who had been to Honduras before were introducing me to our Honduran partners, they would say, this is Dave's wife. And this was the reaction I got every time. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, how about we just not, we can leave off the Dave's wife part and just, I'm Rachel. Um, Raquel, yes. Um, so, Ethan, you can go ahead and go to the first picture. Um, I'm so sorry to stand in front of you. Um, so this is, um, I worked with Angie and Betty and Rahim. Rahim, I can't even tell you all how sweet, just so gentle. Um, it was a pleasure to work with him. Um, but we were handing out clothes and sunglasses, um, and it... Um, we just take for granted that we can clothe our children. And um, I can't, especially when we handed baby clothes to moms, um, just the joy. Like, they, I don't know if baby clothes aren't readily available or if it's something that, because they don't wear them very long, we're not going to put money into that because money is short. But... Um, it was just beautiful. It was beautiful to be able to give them something tangible that met a need in their life. Um, so it was a pleasure to work in the station. I had no idea what to expect, um, but it was it was amazing. Um, and I know we overuse that word in America, but it truly was amazing. All right, Ethan, you can go to the next. So. At one point on one of the days, David grabbed me and he was like, we're going to share, um, we're going to do the E-Cube with this mom, this mom right here. And then she had like five or six little, little kids. And um, so we grabbed Jirani, a translator, and presented the E-Cube. And they were listening, but this guy right here, I don't know what his name is. But he was locked in to what we were sharing. Um, just, 
I kept looking at him because he was so engaged in what we were sharing with the E-Cube. And um, we got done and kind of walked away. And I knew, I knew that he was like ripe for the picking. And, but I, for whatever reason, David got busy. Jerani went back to what she was doing. And so we didn't pursue him. And I was really kind of struggling with that as the day went on. I'm like, man, we missed an opportunity. He was so ready. Well, at the clinic, when someone accepts Christ, they have these bells that they ring. Um, so we all get to rejoice that someone has accepted Christ. So I don't know, an hour and a half later, I hear the bell ring. And I look up, and it was over at hospitality, and he was ringing the bell. <laughs> so... Um, even though um, we didn't pursue follow-up with him, it was his day of salvation. And so it, the seeds were planted all through clinic, and then he rang the bell because he accepted Christ. So that was an awesome experience. All right. Um, so this was on that same first Sunday. Um, when we came upon the kids who had the Operation Christmas Child boxes, and we hunted down the church where those boxes were being distributed. And um, so, if you know me, I don't hug. <laughs> I'm not a hugger. <laughs> I have a t-shirt that says, not a hugger, and it's got a cactus on it. So, not a hugger. Um, Honduras will make you a hugger, though. Um, the pastor and his wife were there, and, and um, David was talking with the pastor, and when he, they introduced me to um, the pastor's wife, and she heard that I was also a pastor's wife, and she just grabbed me and hugged me and clung to me. And I just remember in that moment, like, there is a, there's a sisterhood in that we're sisters in Christ, but we are also both pastor's wives. And um, in that moment, just being able to hug her and encourage her, because as hard as it is to be a pastor's wife here, I can't imagine. I mean, literally, that's their church. They don't have walls. So just in that brief little moment, we couldn't talk because we didn't have a translator, but she was talking to me, and I was like, yes, see, see, <laughs> and hugging her and being an encouragement to her. So, um, okay, you can go to the next one. Um, it's been mentioned that quite a bit of my family was on this trip. My dad, um, my aunt was there. She looks nothing like my mom. You would never know that they're sisters. Um, so it was really a great opportunity to be there with my my biological family. But um, beyond that, and I told these guys this while we were there, it was incredible to be there with our church family. Um, Andrew mentioned that you're in this kind of cocoon where we're with each other 24-7, and we wake up and we have breakfast together and we serve together all day we have dinner together we have devotions together and for me one of the most beautiful things was getting to watch each and every one of these people serve 
in the gifting that God has created them to serve in. And even though most of us are not medical people, um, there was something for each and every one of us to do. And almost every time it was in our skill set, in our gifting and ability. And Buck is our leader, and he's here tonight. And the way that he is obedient to God's leading in assigning us where we're supposed to be, um, thank you for being obedient to his leading. Um, and it was just, I told them, you all get to see David and me use our gifts every Sunday and blah, whatever. But to watch them use their gifts um, was just, I will carry that with me. And I had a really hard time when we got back because I missed that. Um, I miss being involved in their lives every day. Um, not getting to see them work and serve. And um, so I think that's it. Hi, I'm Sandra. Um, disregard all the pictures because I'm not talking about my pictures tonight. I've kind of gone back and forth on if I should share what I shared in Honduras or if I should talk about my experience. Of course, I'm going to ball because it was a very emotional time for me. It was my first time in Honduras. It was my first time serving with a lot of the people here. And I think, like Rachel said, one of the biggest things for me was serving alongside of people that I don't talk to on a normal basis. I got called out on it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm now friends with Angie <laughs> and Larry. <laughs> I got called out on it. Uh, but I'm just going to read to you guys what I wrote in Honduras. I know you guys have already heard it, but I didn't want to share it because I don't like being vulnerable. But the whole time, like Maddie was saying, God like lays it on your chest and you keep saying no, but apparently somebody in here needs to hear it. So when I was called to Honduras, I really wasn't sure if I was called or if it was just my own selfish want. I came up with many excuses on why I, wouldn't, I shouldn't come. My first excuse was my job when it allowed the time off. Well, shortly after that excuse, I actually had an opportunity to come up that allowed me to become my own boss, which means now I have more time for ministry. My second excuse was I couldn't leave my husband and kids for nine days, but mainly leaving my kids with the babysitter was the big problem. Well, that excuse was no longer, as my husband willingly sacrificed his own vacation time and took off work the whole time while I was gone. My third excuse was the money, all the, unknown all the unknown expenses. And as you can see, there's a pattern here. God provided so many generous donations, so needless to say, God wanted me here. There are no coincidences with God at all in his plan. So now I know I'm supposed to be here, but why am I supposed to be here? As some of you know, I do serve within the church here, but I serve aside, like, aside from the youth group, I serve with obligation. God says to serve with a joyful heart, and I've been serving with a heart full of anger and resentment for my own personal life. The moment I got here, I, the moment I got to Honduras, I felt this sense of peace as I sat down and just looked out. I can't even describe the feeling aside from it just being the Holy Spirit. As the days have gone on, Pete, which was one of the, uh, he's the lead guy on the Big Dream Honduras mission, he kept calling me smiley every single morning, and uh, I just had a happy face. I didn't understand why, 
but I caught myself on the bus one day for no reason smiling. But really, if you think about it, I did have a reason. I had not yet known it. Monday when we started clinics, I felt this immediate release. My heart became joyful again. I literally could feel the darkness around it disappearing. This right here is why I was called here. I think God wanted to release me from all the anger and hurt so I can once serve with joy. And honestly, I'm here, but my heart's still in Honduras, and I will be back. So just don't be afraid to take that leap because God's calling all of us for a reason. And every single person in Honduras that I still talk to them on a daily basis, they have become family. And we're all united together. So why like put up those walls? We have to let those walls down so we can all serve together. So don't tell the Lord no, just do it. That's it. Okay, this was my third trip to Honduras. Uh, first time was Jan or September 2019, the first time the church went. Um, my husband can back me up on this. I'd always said I had no desire to leave the States, never. No desire to leave the United States. Um, the first day that trip was announced, God told me I was going. It was on my heart. I had the excuses. I didn't have the money. I didn't, I didn't, had never flown commercially. I had never done anything. But the money came, and I went. And that first trip, for me, was culture shock. I didn't, I just, I can't describe it. Um, and I struggled with why I was there. But as the week progressed, I settled in, made friends with the teammates and everything. Um, come back, and shortly after we came back, COVID hit. It took me almost three years to get back. So last year, June 22, I went back the second time. And I still struggled a little bit with why I was there. And it's like one day God says, you're here to show these people my love. From then on, I was okay. So this year we go. I didn't struggle with why I was there. I was there to love the Honduran people. Um, I worked in eyeglasses, busy, busy station. So there wasn't a lot of time to interact. But when we finished with them, I'd walk them to the next station. And I tried to hug everybody and tell them, God bless you. And it just it filled my heart with so much joy. But. One of the other things, you've heard us talk about the Operation Christmas Child. That was just really cool. And me being the kid's teacher, always, no matter where I'm at, <laughs> we had done the greatest journey and did the Operation Christmas Child curriculum here last year from October to December with the kids. One of the things they got at the completion, they got this little book. has all the stories in it. They also got their New Testament Bible. 
So while we're in Honduras, we run across this Operation Christmas Child site. So I grab a translator because they have the Spanish version of the greatest journey. or the, It's actually called the greatest gift this is. So I grab a translator. We talk. I'm a kid's teacher back in the States. May I have one of these to take home for the kids? So I've got the Spanish version uh, just to bring a different culture into children's ministry. So we're at clinics one day, and I had walked somebody to hospitality, and Joe's like, hey, look at this. They had the Spanish version of the New Testament Bible. So I don't know how they did it, but hospitality was able to get me the Spanish version of the New Testament Bible to share with the kids also. So, okay, first picture, Ethan. All right, this picture right here, um, our eyeglasses was like on down this way. I stepped out of the doorway, and here in, you've seen the pictures, all the people, the crowds, the noise, and here's Jerani in the middle of all the craziness sitting here praying with this family. And that just touched my heart. Admit all the chaos. God's working. Okay, next picture. Okay, I, the dental clinic is something that never ceases to amaze me. This is the very first day, and I felt bad for the dental clinic. They were outside. They moved I don't know how many times to get out of the sun. But here's a mother with her little girl, and the faces the little girl was making. She was standing right there watching as they extracted her mom's teeth. And it just, we don't realize the luxuries we have in this country. But that, the dental clinic just always just tugs at my heart. Okay, next picture. Okay, this is, before the church service. And this is always a really emotional time for me because the whole team, Hondurans and Americans, we circle around the entire Honduran congregation and we sing a song called Holy Ground. And that's followed by a Spanish song, which I have no idea what it is. I recognize it when I hear it. But you stand there and you look around and you're amazed at how many people make eye contact with you. It's just, it's truly a blessing to be there and for those people to know that you care. All right, last picture. This is a picture of our entire team. There's a few people missing, but this is a picture of the body of Christ. It, it, how you put that many people from that many backgrounds together and do what we did in five days worth of clinics. It's not us. It's the Lord. And that, that, to me, that's just a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. So Catalyst Church, your name is right in front of us. And 
you might ask yourself, um, what is your purpose um, in missions? What is your purpose um, to your neighborhoods and so on? But I think the Great Commission is clear. Go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth in Acts 1. We can go to our neighbors, and we should. We can go to the tough areas, Samaria, and we should. But we're called to go to the rest of the world in places that we don't understand, and it's uncomfortable. You don't know how you're going to afford it. And Catalyst Church will always be a globally-minded church, will always be. And that means that you, Catalyst Church, get to be a part of, of this. I am overly proud of each and every one of these missionaries that were there. But you're also a missionary. Tomorrow when you go to work, tonight when you go out to eat, you're a missionary to share the gospel of Jesus and to show the gospel in practical ways. But I also encourage you to be a part of global missions as well. So I've got three things. Number one, pray. I mean this with all my heart. Pray for those around the world. Pray for the missionaries we support. Pray for anything that pops up to your news feed from around the world. If there's another country, there, is, there are Christians there, Lord willing, that you get to pray for. Pray whenever there's a natural disaster that the church arises. But also pray for you starting now as we are considering having more trips along the way. Pray. Pray that when a trip goes like this and maybe you're on this trip, pray that they are actually protected and um, sent and doing what God has called them to do. So pray, 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 pray. Give. One way you can give is, of course, when a group goes um, to support them financially. It could be a $5 or it could be $500 or it could pay for the, the whole trip. The trip costs $1,800, and we encourage people to um, raise about $2,000 each to pay for passports and other things like this. So if you're interested in going, which I'll talk about in a second, start raising money now. Start putting money aside now so that you have no excuse. Like many people here, they said we couldn't go, but God showed up. But be that support. Maybe God is calling you for a season to give towards it then Lord willing, go. But there's also some practical things that you guys can do. Um, Betty and Rachel worked together, the eyeglasses that Angie did too. And they, Betty did something really special. And it, I need you guys to pay very close attention to the audio. And as you've already heard, it's chaotic at the clinic. So listen closely to the practical thing that you can give and do right now. Play the video. Hello, we are here in Honduras. about using your own unique gifts and abilities for the kingdom, for God's glory. Betty has used her gift of sewing to make these glasses cases to be distributed with the glasses that are given out here in Honduras. Um, you made how many this year? 105. 105. And what's your goal for next year? 210. 210. So, there are a couple of ways that you can help. Maybe you can't come to Honduras, but maybe, like Betty, you can sew, and you would like to sew eyeglass cases to donate for a future trip to Honduras. 
Um, Betty has a pattern, so you can get with her and um, she can help you out, tell you what needs to be done to make them. Um, if you can't sew, another way that you can help with this particular ministry um, is Betty needs batting, light, lightweight, lightweight batting um, to put in the cases, and she also needs thread. So if you could donate those, they would be put to wonderful use. Um, it has been amazing to watch people carrying their eyeglasses out in these cases this week. So let's be the body of Christ. Let's use our unique gifts and abilities for God's glory. Those are eyeglass people not working. Okay. <laughs> so you can give. If you're interested in helping with that, you can see Betty or actually I saw Crystal there in the group that's created. Maybe that's something that we can do, having an extra craft day just for this, an idea. So give, 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 and then go. Buck says this all the time. And by the way, this is Buck. Everybody say hi to Buck. All right, Buck. He's our fearless leader. Um, don't talk to him too long or he'll be here all night. But okay, but, but in all truth, he says, and I believe this, um, for us who've been on many mission trips, it's we're all called to go. You're all called to go. And I talked to the team, and you've heard this over and over again, I don't know my purpose on going. You might not have what you might call an epiphany moment to go, and many of these people did, but here's the deal. The number one purpose of you going is obedience, that you went. That's your purpose of going. So if you have been called by God to go, go, and that is your number one priority and purpose. Each of them, they went. And we've had other people go. You were obedient to go. The cherry on the top is whatever purpose that might seem to be there. But your purpose is obedience and obedience to go. So that's my prayer for you. So he, here are the tentative dates for next year. So the January dates are the one that's going to be promoted big at Catalyst Church. This is where the big team from Catalyst Church is going to go. So January 19th through the 29th, it's the week after Martin Luther King Day uh, in 2024. But these are some other dates that you can go, like Susie and Andrew and um, Jody. They go to on all the other trips. So June, September, and January Again, January date, you'll hear a lot from us at Catalyst Church, but you don't have to go with the Catalyst Church team. You can go and be obedient. So my prayer is simply that you pray, you give, and you what? Go. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for the missionaries that were sent, the missionaries that will be sent, the missionaries that will go even this week as they go. But be with our Honduran partners as they are being the hands and feet in this beautiful country uh, for the glory of God. And be for those who have come to know Christ. Supposedly, Lord, 300 um, people made a profession of faith. As already said, Lord, you know how many truly have professed faith. So for those who truly have professed faith, may they be discipled, 
and grow in their faith. To those who say that they did, but maybe not, may that seed that was planted be used to have such a great harvest. Thank you for the privilege and honor to be your hands and feet. And thank you again for this team from Catalyst and the many others from around the world, around the United States that got to go. May we continue to pray, give, and go. I pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you all for coming. Ethan, you can play that last video. So, all right, team, good job. All right.